Welcome to episode 34 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. In this episode, I'm talking with Ben Higgins. Ben has had such an amazing journey, working in fintech, star of hit reality TV show, The Bachelor, podcast host, investor, and now co-founder of Generous Coffee Company, which invests 100% of its profits from coffee and apparel into life-changing partner organizations that create jobs, feed children, improve education, and empower communities to eliminate poverty. Check out the episode to hear Ben's take on what he looks for when hiring people, why listening is so important, and how being an only child shaped his communication skills. I hope you enjoy. Ben, thank you so much for joining me today. I have to say, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. As I was doing a little bit of homework, it was just so interesting to see all the different things that you have your hands in. And as I was reading more and more, something that jumped out to me was that there was this common thread across all of them around really communication and the importance of communicating. So really looking forward just to learn a little bit more about you and what you're working on. So if you can, just to start us off, maybe tell the listeners a little bit about you, your journey, and really what it is that you're focused on today. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I always enjoy these conversations. It's a nice break um, from the computer and from the emails and everything else to, to sit down and talk. So I live right now in Golden, Colorado. I've been out here 10 years. I'm originally from Indiana, uh, Northern Indiana, an amazing town called Warsaw, Indiana. It's, it's the best. And then, then I moved out here and uh, really uh, have no plans on leaving. Uh, Colorado has been really good to me and it will continue to be. I'm married. I got married November 13th of 2022 or geez, of 2021. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're uh, we're a little over a year into it. I'm a dog Congrats. dad. Um, that's the only kind of dad I am right now. You can see him over my my shoulder here. A nice little picture of him always staring at me. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, work wise, uh, my main job is with a company called Generous Coffee, uh, which I co-founded with a few friends of mine and that I help lead now um, with another buddy of mine. And um, that's what takes up the majority of my time. It's very interesting, though. Life is not gone how I thought it would. So Generous takes up the majority of my time. It's what I work on every hour that I'm not doing an interview um, or interviewing somebody. Um, But then Generous donates 100% of its profits to nonprofits. And so I don't make any money on Generous. It doesn't pay me a salary. It doesn't pay me anything. Uh, it is really a project that we started with the idea that we could build a really healthy, successful business and then give back to organizations doing incredible work. in the world. Uh, and that's still our goal. It will always be our goal. The reason I'm able to do that is because for the last six years, I've worked with uh, iHeartRadio and helped them host shows and help them do um, some shows throughout the week. Um, that's been able to support me. And then my wife and I, uh, we started a little investment fund. Uh, investing into startups and small businesses. Uh, and that's been a blast, uh, learning a lot. Uh, but we've been doing that for about oh two years now. And uh, we have a great little portfolio of amazing little companies that are still working really hard and doing great things. And so right now in my life, uh, outside of maybe speaking and, and trying to get out there and sharing messages of hope and connection and community and unity with people, 
that's kind of what I spend my time sitting here in this office doing. That is fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing that. And just interesting to hear just really the, the diverse set of things that you're working on from, you know, focusing on helping startups get going to the coffee business, the, the shows, writing, speaking, a lot to keep together. So thank you for taking the time to join today, talk a little bit about communication skills. And if, if you think about that with all these different things that you're working on, communication is going to play a big part of them, especially effective communication to make sure things are moving forward and continuing to be successful. So when when you hear the term communication skills or perhaps that somebody's a really strong communicator, what comes to mind or what are you envisioning or thinking about when you hear that term? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is somebody that doesn't act like they know it all. Somebody that's curious uh, and speaks with a sense of curiosity. They're always wanting to learn. Uh, the best communicators may have their own assumptions. And this is all my opinion. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is... Uh, maybe the consensus belief, but in my world, the one the communicators that are successfully and effectively getting their messages across to me are ones that are, are wanting to learn. They have their assumptions, they have their beliefs, but they're willing to listen and understand and to try to navigate the complexities of whatever message they're sharing. Um, so there's there's a humble spirit in that. There is a humility that comes in that communication. Also ones that are vulnerable, ones that have, um, that are willing to share their pains and their failures um, to help build a gap and to bridge people together. Because I don't know anybody, at least I'm, I've yet to meet anybody that hasn't had some type of pain or sorrow in their life, uh, either with the loss of something, a business, a human, a house, you know, their successes, and when somebody's willing to sit there and share their own sorrows and pains, it helps me feel more connected. It also helps me feel less alone. And I immediately identify the person sharing that message with somebody that I'm connected to. And I want to listen to them. I want to hear from them. I want to learn from them. Love that. So much good stuff in there. And common themes that we hear a lot, this idea of curiosity and mm -hmm. listening and being humble enough to realize you don't know it all, or I don't know it all to really dig deep into that. And you know, as I was prepping for this, one of the things that I jotted down that really struck me, I think is, is from your site, or maybe from one of your books was carve out intentional time to listen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important with how busy we are all today with work and family and other responsibilities, really to make sure that you are being intentional and being present when you're yeah. communicating with others. Yeah. You know, uh, I have somebody I look up to quite a bit. A lot of people know him either um, from his work in um, in the Christian world or his work outside of that. His name's Bob Goff. And um, I was struggling a few years ago with feeling present. And he just told me something very simple that I keep with me today that I share often with people is be where your feet are. He says he does some tangible uh, exercises to be where his feet are. He taps his feet on the ground when he starts to feel like his his mind is wandering in conversation or he's not listening well. He taps his feet on the ground to remind himself, this is where I'm at right now. This is where I am. This is where I need to be. So I've been keeping that with me. It helps me because it helps the moment feel more precious. It also helps uh, me feel more within the moment. And I And so to go back to, you know, why I come up with this idea of listening, you know, in my in my life, it's 
taken some twists and turns just like anybody else's has. And uh, one day I found myself sitting at this business conference and I was sitting in on a panel. And before the panel, we were kind of in the green room and it was a board of uh, like four of us. And everybody but me was running some Fortune 500 company. Uh, it was a very strong panel of leaders. And I was sitting around me being like, I don't belong here. <laughs> and uh, one of the CEOs on the panel, I won't mention their name. She came to me and she said, uh, hey, you look nervous and, uh, and you speak in front of people all the time. What are you nervous about? I was like, I am nervous. She says, what are you nervous about? I said, I don't feel like I belong in this group. And she goes, hey, Ben, I have uh, a little uh, advice for you. None of us belong here. None of us know what we're doing. Uh, we're learning along the way. We're building the plane as we fly it. Now, at some levels, businesses become more mature. Families become more mature. They start to function in a rhythm and you start to understand some of the complexities. But until that point in time, you're building the plane and flying it at the same time. And and that and to so to sit on that panel in that group and have somebody that leads a very successful and healthy and, and she's an amazing leader share that with me. It's helped guide me and be less critical of myself and also has a, allowed me to know that in my seasons of listening and learning, those might be the most impactful seasons for me as a communicator, as a person in the future. This concept, I think it's very similar to imposter syndrome, right? You hear a lot about that where people feel that they they don't belong or they they don't deserve what they have or they shouldn't have this accolade or position in their company. And I've experienced that throughout my career as well, whether I'd be moving into a new position or you know, prior to the, the company I lead now is at my prior company for over a decade. And as yeah. I was thinking of leaving, I was nervous, like, gosh, what if I'm only successful here because people know me, they like me, whatever it is. Will I be able to do that? But when I really stepped back and reflected, it was, you know, I've spent the past decade listening and learning and taking every opportunity I have to try to improve myself or pick things up from other people. And when you go into that with that curiosity, that humble spirit that you talked about, this idea of listening and focusing, you're going to develop those skills where yeah, you absolutely deserve to be there. And just like everyone else, they're continuing, continuously growing and as you mentioned, putting the the plane together as you're flying it. Yeah. It's a differentiator, I think. Yes. You know, I think right now in our world, we look around us and you hear the complaints of people. If it's in religion or politics or in culture and society, the big complaint is I don't feel like anybody's listening to me. I don't feel like anybody understands me. And then, and, and we're yelling from the rooftops our message and what has convicted us and what we feel strongly about. And so within that, anytime there is a common complaint or there's a common problem, uh, there's got to be a solution. Uh, the solution might not be easy, but the, the solution might be really large. Uh, but I can at least adopt uh, a piece of that solution inside of my own lifestyle, my own life and the way I, I work with people. And I think the solution right now, the differentiator, the things that set set people apart are is the ability to listen and the ability to stay curious and the ability to learn and, and, and intentionally learn from those who are communicating around them. Uh, I think that's what who the, that's the people I want to follow. And so as a result, that's the person I want to be because that's what's setting people apart in my world. Now that's a, it's a, it's a perfect segue really into one of the next things I wanted to, to touch on was really focusing on the skills that are important today. And you had mentioned that you're you're working with your 
investment fund to help startup organizations and also your day-to-day, really your focus of leading generous coffee. What are some of those skills, you know, maybe some things we haven't touched on yet that either you look for when you are partnering with a startup or you're looking for for employees that come onto your company, what are some of those key communication skills that you really are seeing critical today? Yeah. Well, uh, the, the one piece here, when somebody asks me, Hey, you know, you said at the beginning, it sounds like I'm up to a lot now. Yeah, sure. We all are. Right. I mean, the common thing when you ask somebody how, how they're doing, it's oh, so busy, so busy. I'm not that busy. I, I'm not, uh, I am intentionally not that busy. I like to be home with my wife. I like to have dinner with my wife. I do travel some. I'm not that busy. You're not. Uh, that's not something I believe in. It's not something I take pride in as being busy. And the way the way I do that, and still am able to be involved in multiple different things, is it's the people and the community uh, that I've uh, asked to either be a part of the the work I'm doing, or I've asked to be a part of the work they're doing. It's the the people that have really made these things successful. Uh, and uh, made them run in, in a rhythm that's sustainable for everybody within the organization. Uh, and so for me, uh, the, the thing that separates my life maybe from others is I've just been lucky enough to surround myself with some really incredible talent and some really incredible people. And as a result, we're able to do some really awesome things. Um, and so that's one piece is what, who are the people? Uh, you know, what are they about? What do they believe in? How do they see the world? How do they see others? Uh, you know, I, I like to surround myself with people um, that really love to focus on the outside, that they have an empathy about them, um, because as a, in, a, in a workplace environment, when stresses um, are ultimately going to happen and when pains are going to exist, how are the employees of this company going to respond to each other and respond to me and respond to the situation? And so one of the big things I look for is somebody that really focuses on empathy um, and care. Uh, also somebody that has a passion, you know, for whatever the mission of the organization is. Uh, you know, it's very clear with Generous. When we donate 100% of our profits to nonprofits focused on humans, well, we need to find people that really love humans um, and want to see humans thrive and survive and have their cares and their needs taken care of. Um, if you don't have that, well, ultimately, when when things get tough, you, you're going to run because you don't have the passion behind it. When it comes to businesses, it's a little more unique. It's a lot more complex. Uh, one, I like to look at the leaders, the creatives, the ones that, you know, the, the people the, the people that are forging the path for this business uh, and hear, you know, where their their idea came from. It's typically, again, it's there was a problem that existed um, either within tech, uh, within the, the humanities, within art. Within the world, they saw the problem. They developed a solution. They wanted to help. They felt like they could help. They built a business around it. Awesome, right? We've heard mm-hmm. the backstory. But then, uh, you know, the just like any business, just like any analysis, well, how big's the market? Like, where does this go? Uh, is there competitors that already have a big share of this market? Can you get any piece of market share? Why could you get a piece of market share? Right? With generous. When we founded it, you would think I'd keep the same principles. Well, we started a coffee company, right? Coffee's everywhere. It's on mm-hmm. it's, it's <laughs> on every corner. Now, what makes one coffee roaster different from another? Well, hopefully uh, it's the story behind it. And so we thought we could get some market share because we knew that we were doing something what we believed was revolutionary. Uh, we were donating all of our profits away. 
Well, that's a story that I thought and I think a lot of people can buy into is I'm going to buy coffee. I'm going to drink this coffee every day. And I know that by me drinking this coffee, the world at some level is becoming a better place because these funds are going to people that care. That was my story. That's how I bring people into generous um, because it's true and it's authentic and it's what we're built on. And so, yeah, to break that all down, I look for people with empathy. They obviously have to, a lot of people can, you know, build an Excel spreadsheet and they can work in SEO and they can build a website and they can market and they talk to people and they can do sales. A lot of people can do that. Those are great skills, but a lot of people can do that. Really, it's the character of the person behind the scenes that, that I'm most interested in. Who are they and who are they going to be when times get difficult? The next step of that is then analyzing the business. Uh, what are they passionate about? Why do they believe they can matter in the world? And then how how far can this business go? Because you can have a great idea that doesn't go anywhere because there's nobody that's going to participate. And so I want to make sure that there is a, a market uh, and a lane for these companies to grow. It's I always think about if I've been having these conversations, say, 10, 15 years ago, the responses that I would receive around what's important in communication in the workplace then versus now. And you know, a common thing that I hear a lot around is this idea of, of empathy, right? Yeah. You know, really understanding and coming from a place of, of compassion and understanding that people have a whole world outside of, say, their nine to five. And just really understanding that and figuring out how can I help them be their best while they are here? And then also treat them in a way that helps them to be their best when they're not here. And so it's, if I think by 10, 15 years ago, the responses I would be getting would probably be a lot different than, than hearing that really focusing in on people because they truly are the differentiator of an organization, what can make or break things. And I think a lot of people found that out over the past two to three years with mm -hmm. everything that happened you know, throughout COVID and the pandemic, when times got tough, having that great team of people around you, like you mentioned, people that are passionate about what you do. And that can communicate well and that have empathy and that are understanding of what's going on. I think those are the companies that really not only just made it out, but but are thriving now because they have that, that solid foundation of people in place. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I've I've researched a little bit uh, trying to think of what um, my next project could be. And I agree I have with everything you said. Uh, caring for your employees uh, and, and allowing your employees not only to be incredible at the work that they've committed to do uh, and get paid for, but also allowing those employees to have freedoms and shine without, outside of the workplace. And how do we balance that well and how do we manage that well? And COVID uh, and, and everything that happened during the pandemic definitely pushed us as businesses to be flexible with our uh, oversight of our employees. And, mm -hmm. and and also it forced managers to trust their employees more. Uh, and if you didn't have employees that had that, those, that character behind the scenes that you really needed, uh, you were going to, to not get uh, the work done uh, as effectively and efficiently as your business needed because people were gonna take shortcuts. They could, mm -hmm. they could do it very easily. Um, and so the character of your employees really mattered. Also, if your employees feel cared for really mattered because they wanted to work in their jobs, they liked their jobs, they enjoyed the work that they were doing. And, and so I, I saw this and the changes that, that the pandemic kind of forced upon us with, with the work from home policies. 
and then I and then I started to research. Well, we had been trying to figure this out as business leaders for a long time. I mean, before the pandemic, ten years before the you know unlimited vacation idea became wildly popular. And it really started to differentiate businesses and why you wanted to work for different businesses over the other, because, well, they gave you vacation time, mm. unlimited vacation time. They allowed you to be human and feel free. Uh, and so we tried to figure it out for a long time. This isn't a new thing. And I think it's not going to stop with this work from home. And if people come back into the office or not, I think we're going to continue to be pushed as businesses and as institutions into how do we better care for our human employees that also want to feel human outside of their workplace. Spot on. Yeah, I definitely don't think that's going away. And the most successful companies are going to be the ones that that figure that out. And yeah. there, there's some companies that are doing a great job of that already, really empowering people to bring their whole self to work and treating them like humans. It's a novel idea. But uh, when you when you treat people like people, treat them well, trust them, respect them, and then empower them to do great work, that's where the magic happens. Totally agree. Totally agree. And if you don't have that, well, the, that's not the right place for the the people working for you, right? That's that's a fine thing uh, in business is to you know communicate with somebody, hey, this isn't the place that maybe fits you. I believe that you can go on and do greater things outside of, you know, the world that exists within this office space. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You just got to, you know, you got to build a team around you that you can trust, that you can um, work alongside and that, you know, want to get the job done that they've committed to do and that you've committed to do. Absolutely. One of the other things that you, you touch, I just want to hit on a little bit more is this idea of, of stories and storytelling. Mm -hmm. And from, you know, not only one, just a, say, a talent attraction perspective, how do you tell the story of your organization, what you're all about, what's important to you is, is crucially important. And then on the, the flip side of that, once you're here, what's your story to your clients per se? But even I think more, because we see this a lot at, at the organization that I work for, working, especially in, say, the, the startup space or the tech startup where you have founders that are great at what they do, specifically more so say in the, the highly technical roles, right? But really finding somebody that knows their product inside and out, understands they're solving a problem, but can clearly articulate that and put a story around it seems to be a, a big part of you know the success. And then you know, understanding how do I bring people then into my organization who can buy into that story? Well, I mean, I think we're, we're compelled by story. I've always been compelled by story, I guess, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's why I watch movies. It's why I watch television. It's why, it's why I read. I want to en engulf in these stories and the character developments and what the what the problems uh, that these characters face and then what are the solutions that they come up with or how do things play out? It's, it's intriguing. I also was lucky enough, um, and I've, I've been thinking a lot about this recently. I've, I've lost both of them at this point, but, you know, my two grandfathers, uh, were incredible storytellers. Now, granted, it was a generational thing too. You know, you you sit down with somebody who's 95 years old. If if they have their wits about them, they're going to tell you great stories. Mm -hmm. They've had a long life, and it's how they entertain themselves. You know, listening to their grandparents tell stories and their parents tell stories. Like story was such a part. Oral story, oral tradition, right. was such a part of their upbringing in their worlds. And I was always engaged in when, when my grandpa, my grandpas would tell these stories. I was always very interested in these stories. And so 
with that being said, as I've gotten older, I personally, I want to be a part of story. You know, selfishly, it's why Generous exists the way it does is because the more stories I can be a part of, the more I can engage in story with people maybe in Central America uh, who are struggling. And I can sit with them and say, what are the solutions that you want to see happen in your community? And we can fight for those solutions and we can see clean water come into the community. We can see kids now thrive. Like those are stories I'm going to one day tell. Right. But I can also tell that in terms of my business. Um, So if you're in the tech world, your story may look a lot different than a for-purpose business selling coffee with the goal to care for humans uh, that are, you know, facing poverty and injustice. Very different. But again, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, there's still a problem that that tech company was built upon. Mm -hmm. And there's a solution that they're offering. And the reason they're they're providing the solution is either to build efficiency within business automate systems that were underpaying employees uh, and and that was not able to sustainably support the employees that were working on it. And now as a result, those employees are able to move on to different jobs and have a better career and a better path forward, right? There's always these problems. There's always a solution. And telling that that solution in a clear and concise manner, I think, will not only expedite um, the passion of your employees internally, but also build an attractiveness to the outside for your clients. Uh, it's clearly communicating the solution and trying to break it down. I always believe, and, and maybe it's maybe I'm naive to this, and maybe again, as you went back, maybe this, this is the only world that I could really operate in well and lead well. I'm always a fan of trying to relate, even if it's in tech. You know, I, I started my world in, in financial tech. We built a back office processing system for the, the brokerages to clear their trades. Right. This is a very um, kind of boring industry. We automated this process, but we automated it so that somebody didn't have to sit at a big old book and write down every individual number of every trade going through and making sure three days, five days later that was being cleared. So we broke it down to the human level. When I would go on sales trips, it was the human level, right? The human experience. We're providing a solution to allow your employees to better shine in other roles where they're not just writing numbers and pieces and and. on a piece of paper anymore, they can go out and now take another job within your organization that allows them to feel more free and thrive more and not sit at a book all day, right? You want to break it down to the human level, because I think as humans, we want to try to, to understand the experience of each other. And then we get really excited when the experience of somebody else is a little better because of the business we've created. Absolutely. That's really how our brains are, are wired. It's how we make the connection between the you know the left side and the right side of the brain, it's really the stories what are going to be the bridge to help pull it all all together. The the more human centric feeling side versus the data the number side. You bridge that with stories. And as you were talking about, you say our parents and grandparents how they really really entertain themselves through stories because that's for the most part what was available to them. And it made me I was a little sad at first. I'm like you, know, gosh, are my kids going to lose that because they have so many things. Mm to entertain them, to draw their attention. But as quick as I thought about, you know, now with social media for as, as much negative as there can be out there about social media, it does provide kids a lot of opportunities to not only practice sharing their stories and to hear other people sharing their stories. So I still think that skill is going to live on, be developed maybe in a slightly different way, but social media definitely does give people the opportunity to share their story and then at scale, learn from other people and hear their stories. 
I completely agree. You know, I'm not somebody that doesn't love social media. I do. I'm on it. You know, I read it. I get my news from it. I get mm -hmm. my updates from my friends on it. The, the one piece of that that I think is important that we don't lose. Um, and this doesn't, the, these two things um, can live side by side with each other very successfully. Uh, is the human interaction, the, the looking somebody in the eyes, sitting with them, seeing their expressions, um, seeing the environment, you know, experiencing the environment around them. Being where your feet are, you know, when you're you're with these people, I think being having human contact has became uh, less and less with mm -hmm. the the power of social media, and it's something that I believe will come back. I think again, the pandemic taught us how much we wanted to be amongst others. I think it's a great thing. I think it will continue to be a great thing, but it's the one thing that can't be lost within this social media revolution is the ability to sit with somebody listen to somebody and be present with that person for an extended period of time. Love it. Spot on. Ben, you know, we, we've hit on a number of things already, but if you, you had to pinpoint it down to say one, maybe two skills that have really helped you get to where you are today, help lead to the successes that you've had, what would you say that would be more specifically say from this communication angle? Well, I, I think one of the, you know, I'm an only child. So one of it is I had to learn to make friends or I was my community was going to be very small. Uh, and so learning um, and, and I used to be very ashamed of this, learning how to at some level be um, a chameleon to understand my environment around me, to understand the things that people were trying to communicate within whatever group I was in, to understand their sensitivities, their triggers, um, the things they were passionate about and try to speak when I had something that I felt like was valuable to share, but also listen when I had nothing to share. Um, that, you know, for a period of my life, it felt like I was never truly ever myself because I was always mm -hmm. trying to change for the environment I was in. As that thought became more mature, I was able to still stay myself to keep my values, my beliefs, um, the things I'm passionate about true, but also try not to always offend or always overstep because I didn't know what I was talking about. I was just trying to speak to speak. It allows me to sit hopefully in different cultures with different people groups and learn again, to go back to our idea of learning, to learn more. If I, if I don't know, at least I can learn and listen and ask good questions that I'm curious about so that I have something to take away. So that's one thing. Being an only child has taught me how to kind of be in different environments uh, and hopefully uh, not take away from those environments to maybe add mm -hmm. to them at some level or take something with me from them. The other part is uh, the empathy again, to go back to that. There's a reason why I look for that in people is because I've failed and I've overstepped so many times and I've reacted inappropriately so many times and I've made assumptions that are false so many times that I have so much embarrassment over those things that I have to take a second to take a step back and understand that everybody comes from a different story, that everybody's life looks a little different, that some people have amazing privileges, some people don't. And to allow myself to not make assumptions so quickly, to build a level of empathy and to say, hey, I just want to understand you more. I want to hear from you more. And that only comes from the embarrassments and the failures when it comes to communication and relationships in my past. Uh, and the final piece, I think, um, that has taught me a lot. And, and you know, I, I credit my time on television as The Bachelor. Um for a lot in, in where my life is today. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I do. It handed me a platform. It handed me a network. It gave me connections. But maybe beyond all of that, the thing that it taught me the most was to be very intentional and very concise and direct in my communication. Limited amount of time on that show, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going back to the show that has has very little impact in my life today. You know, there's some right. things that pop up, but a very little impact. But what it taught me in a very short period of time was that with my friendships or in romantic relationships or however I was trying to communicate to be concise and to be direct. People appreciate it. They respect it. It saves a lot of time. People, again, go back to I'm so busy. They don't feel like they have a lot of time. And so to be direct, concise. I guess I'm going to add one more thing. It's it's one of the only rules that we have in our household. My wife and I, it's just my wife and I right now. So, you know, we don't really set rules for each other. But one of the only rules we have with each other is to keep our yeses yes and our noes no, as hard as that may be. There's going to be always better opportunities that come around the corner. But when we say yes to something, we commit to saying yes to it. It is what we're going to do. Even if it's a dinner on a Friday night, we've had a long work day. We're going to go to dinner with our friends on a Friday night. We're going to do it the best we can. When we say no to something, we feel good about our no's. We say no. doesn't mean that we're trying to offend the person personally or the experience personally. We just are saying no based on the help that we need as a couple, as a per, as individual humans, for whatever reason. We keep our yeses yes and our noes no. And that has helped clear up a, a lot of the like shaky commitments maybe that we've had at a younger age. We, we, we are more present uh, and more dependable as, as humans, as, as people, because we keep our yeses yes and our noes no. As I as I was listening to that, the, the different things you talked about, you from your experience being an only child to keep your yeses yeses, your nose noes, empathy, direct, concise. You know, for me, for all of those things to happen, there has to be a tremendously high level of self awareness. You know, mm. it's it's really challenging to be empathetic if you're not self-aware, because typically empathy comes from your relating an experience that you've had or something that you've been through and trying to make that connection with someone else. If you are not self-aware and understanding that, you know, I've had this privilege or I've had this, or I've reacted improperly here, really challenging to be, to be empathetic and to, to relate to somebody else. Or, you know, when you're growing up as an only child, it was very interesting. I'd never thought about that before, but typically, you know, when there's, there's multiple kids, right? Your older siblings, usually your first friend, right? Your first best friend, you learn from them, social cues, how to share, all those different types of things. So to, at that young age, have an awareness that I need to learn how to interact in all these different areas with different people. Uh, Like I said, for me, all of those things just yell out very high levels of self-awareness, which is fantastic. It might be too, you know, being an only child, uh, you at a young age get in a rhythm of contemplation. Uh, you're in your own head a lot. There's not a lot of chaos around you in your household. You have a lot of free time. Uh, mm-hmm. You're either entertaining yourself by imagining something uh, and and playing basketball on your own and you know doing that, or you spend time in your own thoughts. And I still do that today. That's still mm-hmm. something that not only soothes me, it also convicts me at times. It, it brings up things inside of me, maybe things I've missed, people I've mistreated, items I've mistreated and kind of forgotten about. But spending time in contemplation, processing my thoughts, processing my pains, my joys, my sorrows, what's happened in the course of the day, it became very much a rhythm of my life that I keep with me. I've been reading a lot uh, um, from the Franciscans here recently, and they spend a lot of time in contemplation. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the reason that the monks 
in most uh, you know religious traditions um, and the people that, that are the elders and the wise council, they have to spend time in contemplation. And I think there's a reason why, because it helps filter through the, the chaos in your head. It helps filter through all the meetings that you had. And it helps bring to light maybe something that somebody said in a conversation. You're like, I didn't ask a follow-up on that, but I need to now because that they're, they're, they're trying to tell me something that they're not ready to tell me unless I probe a little bit or I ask like a, a follow-up. And then, and, it, and so, yes, I mean, I think self-awareness is such, such a key thing to work and strive towards. But I, and I think a lot of that in my own life just comes from me processing and spending time in silence and letting my thoughts flow through so that I could more appropriately approach relationships and problems. Um, Cause there's, there's typically something up there in your head that you've maybe mis you know, misplaced for a while that comes back to light when you just spend some time in silence. Absolutely. And you, earlier you mentioned that you like reading. If you haven't read it yet, I think I have it somewhere in my office. Uh, Jay Shetty's book, think like a monk. Okay. Great read. Uh, you, he's he's definitely come blown onto the scene a lot recently. He's all over yeah. on social media, but uh, outstanding read. Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk. Awesome. So right. I, I want to be respectful of time here, Ben. You know, as, as we're wrapping up, what piece of advice would you have for somebody, whether it's maybe somebody fresh out of school, perhaps they're a budding entrepreneur starting their own business or even mid-career looking to make a pivot, go in a different direction, what advice would you have for them around the importance of communication skills and, and the impact that they can have on, on their career and ultimately their life? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it goes back. Uh, listen more than you talk. Um, give more than you take. I think those things will continue as you you know mature in your career. I don't think those things go away, but I think they're vitally important uh, at a young age or at a tra transition point is to listen well, as we've talked about over and over again here, um, also to lean on people um, that have been through it, that have been through the pains and the sorrows uh, and the failures and listen to their story. Uh, I, I don't know many people who are, um, especially when they've came out of it on the other side, that aren't willing to talk about, you know, what led them to the point of having to close the doors or what led them to the point of, of personal tragedy. Um, those people want to share because they don't want to see you go through it. If you've really experienced that, they don't want to see anybody else ever hit rock bottom like they did and feel alone within those moments. So look for those people and ask those people for their stories. Um, I think that is really important. And then the final piece there um, for communication, especially is to surround yourself with people more talented than you. Um, and that doesn't have to be like holistically more talented. You might be better at talking to people than they are. They mm -hmm. might be an introvert and very shy, but surround yourself with people um, who have skill sets that complement yours and who can teach you something when it comes to why and how they operate in this world. And again, go back to, uh, you know, we never stop learning, be willing to learn from everybody. And so learn from those people, take the opportunity to learn and listen and grow and then go back out into your world and take the next best step in your world and take those things that you're learning with you. I've always appreciated it. It's always been exciting to sit down in a conversation and not even know that I'm learning something from this conversation. Mm -hmm. 
and then be in be in some environment and you know respond with some care or some wisdom and be like where did i learn that from oh yeah i learned that last week from this person and i didn't even realize i learned it but it made sense to me then and it makes sense to me now and i feel like you need to hear it um so yeah always listen always learn surround yourself with incredible people love it yeah i wrote down listen more than you talk give more than you take and then really surround yourself with people from which you can learn keys to success. You know, ben, thank you so much for joining me. I really did enjoy the conversation. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I wish you all the best of luck. Hey, thank you. This was awesome. Really appreciate it. Uh, and wish you the best as well. Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Ben Higgins. Ben summed it up well right at the end. Listen more than you speak. Give more than you take. Surround yourself with people better than you. If you've been enjoying the show, leaving a rating or review would be greatly appreciated. And as always, if you haven't done so, please be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.